0: All right, we are in the middle of a spiritual boot camp that we're calling Fight For It. Uh, fight For It. We don't want to raise up a church of nice people. We want you to be nice when it's time to be nice, but we want to raise up an army. Yeah. And, and so we're, we're, we're in the boot camp to learn how to fight spiritual war, spiritual battle. Here's the premise of what we're, we're talking about today. We're not living in a spiritually neutral environment. We are in a spiritually charged environment. So that means we have to be ready to fight. There is a devil that is real, and he wants to kill you. But the good news is we're not defenseless. God's given us armor, and we can, we can fight. You can catch up on all these series on our uh, website. You can watch videos, and, and we have a podcast as well. But uh, let me help you just get caught up real quick if you've missed any of the weeks leading up to today. First week, we talked about demons and how they're real and how they want to kill us, and our battle is against them. Then we heard how we have a belt of things that we believe, and we need to make sure that God's truth is attached to our belt. Sometimes we take lies of the enemy and attach them to our belt and believe them, but we need to believe the truth that we attach to our belt. We learned that righteousness protects our vital organs with the chestplate of righteousness. Last week we heard about the gospel of peace. We actually fight demons when we carry peace. Do you know this? That, like that, that, that's the spirit. The easiest way to do that is just to forgive people. Just for, you're, you're passing on the gospel of peace. And this week is the shield of faith. The shield of faith. I love the idea of a shield of faith. <clears throat> I saw a guy in a grocery parking lot uh, this, this week. I was coming out of Kroger, and there was a pickup truck parked there. And I looked over, and in the passenger seat, so this is the story. There's a, there was a guy who... Rode in a pickup truck to Kroger, and he had his window up. The guy that was driving got out of the car and went into Kroger. He had his window down. I knew this because I heard music coming from the truck. The guy inside the truck did not know this. I know because there he was holding his corn dog, singing out. Oh, he down yonder on the chat, new. She didn't know how much the Money River meant to me. Well, he's going along singing Alan Jackson nice and loud for the whole parking lot of Kroger. He, what do I say? Chat, Chattahoo whatever. I don't know. I don't listen to Alan Jackson, but I know enough to know that this guy was singing it. And he's singing along, holding his corn dog. And the whole parking lot of Kroger can hear him. And he, th- I looked over him like, and he, th- he thinks he's got this windshield up. But it's not. The driver left it down, and he's singing for everybody. And now, because he didn't have his shield up, I'm making fun of him in front of a bunch of people. Do you know if your shield is up or not? We have a shield of faith that we can have. We do have it. But it doesn't do any good sitting next to you on the couch. You got to take it up. We're looking at the armor of God in Ephesians chapter 6. It's important to have your shield with you, otherwise... I might make fun of you in front of a bunch of people. (laughs) Kidding. I won't do that. But you'll be susceptible to attack. That's why the shield of faith is so important. So we're looking at the armor of God in Ephesians 6. Paul wrote Ephesians while he was in prison. If you were in prison and somebody says, how's it going? You wouldn't say, these are my best days. You wouldn't say that. Probably not. Because prison sticks. Yet today... I can look back at the life of Paul, and I am most thankful for the times of Paul of when he was in prison, because when he was in prison, he wrote his best stuff. If Paul wasn't in prison, I wouldn't have today these books of the Bible that are as good as they are, coming from a guy who went through it. Can you have enough faith to believe that your bad days, God can still do something great with it? Can you have enough faith to believe that, that, yeah, I'm in a prison right now. God, that might be your best days. It's not the most enjoyable days, but it might be your best. Can you have enough faith to believe it? So there's Paul in prison. And he's writing this this book to churches. and, And he's writing specifically right now to Ephesus, but he knows that this book is gonna go to other churches. And he's trying to encourage Christians. And so Paul writes... Uh, you know, the, we're, we're not in a spiritually neutral environment. we got to fight demons. we got to be ready to fight a spiritual battle. How do I help these people understand it? I can just imagine them like, like uh, uh, what, what do they understand that I can relate it to? And he looks out the prison bars and he sees a guard. And he says, I got it. I got it. I can use armor. That'll help me explain this. This'll be good. And he wrote something. He didn't write something like this. He wrote this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on. That Greek word put on means enter into. So we enter into the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, the authorities, against the powers of the dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms." So your battle is against demons and it's real. Therefore, put on, there it is, put on again, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. That's the one I'm talking about today, the shield of faith. So before I talk about that, let's just, let's just talk for a minute. What is faith? We need to know what it is. George Michael says you got to have it. <laughs> got faith to have faith. Okay. You guys are too holy to know George Michael, I understand. <laughs> George Michael says you got to have it, so what is it? Uh, I, we'll elevate uh, above that and... and not look at George Michael for the definition, but we'll look at uh, the Bible. What does the Bible say faith is? Hebrews 11.1 1 says, faith is, so whatever is after this, that's the definition. This is what faith is. Faith is confidence in what we hope for. It means you don't have it. You can be confident in what you don't have, what you hope for, and assurance about what we do not see. It's confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we don't see. You don't have it yet, but you believe it anyway. Another way of saying this is acting on the truth. Acting on the truth. Can you say that with me? Acting on the truth. One more time. Acting on the truth. Acting on the truth uh, could be a definition of of faith. You know, you can act on the words of God. When God says it, you you can act on it. You should act on it if he said it. Even if it, there's no evidence of it, he said it so you can act on it. Let me remind you what faith is not also. Faith is not feelings. If you feel your way into faith, you can feel your way right out of it. Feelings are based on your circumstances, but faith is a choice. It's a choice to act upon what you believe. So today... We're going to look at seven truths about the shield of faith. Seven truths about the shield of faith. Here we go. Here's number one. Faith must be actively taken up. Faith must be actively taken up. All Christians have a degree of faith simply because they they have faith in God. They, They say, if you're a Christian, you put your faith in Jesus, you have a degree of faith right there. Simply because you believe in the Lord Jesus. Good deal. So you have faith but it may be sitting next to you on the couch. It has to be actively taken up. Ephesians says it really clearly. In addition to all this, we'll look at, it again, look at it again. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith. That word take up in Greek is different than the put on. All the other stuff we put on, we, we, we put it all on. We have our feet fitted. We strap them on. But the shield has to be taken up. I have to take up the shield of faith with which we can extinguish all the flaming Arrows of the evil one. So everything else is, we, we enter into it. We enter into the armor of God, but this is different. This one we take up. We take up. That means you don't always have it in your hands. Apparently, faith is something that Christians don't always have on them. Let me say that again. Apparently, faith is something that Christians don't always have in their hands. We don't always have it. We have to take it up. Yeah. The Greek word there used for take it up is the same Greek word that would be used if you, you were in a boat and you put something into your boat. You're gonna, let, let's take the shield and put it in our boat. Like we have to take it up. We have to take it up. Some of you have faith and if I were to ask you to tell me about your faith, your, your story would go something like, why well, have faith. There was this one time when I was eight years old, and that's good. That's faith. That's faith. But there's no power in that. Today, you have to take up your faith. Today. And tomorrow, you have to take it up. Yep. Faith is not, apparently, faith is not something that we always have in our hand. The day after Tuesday, guess what you got to do? You got to take it up. Wednesday, guess what? activate your faith, you got to take it up. It is something that must be actively taken up. And this matters, because once we take it up, it's ultimate protection. That's number two. Faith is ultimate protection. I've got my, um, what do you call this? It's a shield, but like, what is this? Replica of a, yeah, Captain America, thank you. Yeah, we didn't get it painted the right way. If it was red, white, and blue, this would be the Captain American shield. But the, the the shields that they used in Rome in this time that Paul would have been talking about, it would have been much much bigger than this. It would have been um, maybe uh, would have been a little wider, and it would be about four and a half feet feet long. The word that they used was actually the same word they used for door. So so if you were at that time, you wouldn't say like Did you get your shield? You'd say Do you have your door? Like it'd be it'd be a big sucker. I mean like like their whole body could fit behind it. It's a whole door. That's the kind of shield that that he's talking about. And it's protection. You can fit a whole person behind the thing. And you know what's great about a shield is I can put it where I want it. I could live my whole life like this. And if I'm being attacked, this is a really great spot to be. It's going to protect my face. But can you imagine trying to have coffee with me? (laughs) How you doing? Doing okay? Oh yeah, I'd love to sit. Excuse me. This would be a pretty this would be a pretty awkward place to be, wouldn't it? So it doesn't always stay here. I can move my shield. I can guard my side. I can guard my other side if I'm being attacked from behind, if I'm being attacked from above, if I'm being attacked from below, I could move this and I can apply this shield of faith anywhere I want to. I can apply it and I can shield my family. I can shield my relationship. I can, re- I can shield my wife. I can shield my kids at school. I can shield my, my, my job. Wherever I need faith, I, c- I can move it. It's protection for the things in my life. Let's take up our faith. And I don't just take it up. What they would do in, the, in the, uh, those olden days, the shield was, of course, like I said, it was like a door door the size of a door, and it was wrapped in leather. And because archaeology tells us that the arrows that were used were often dipped in a combustible material, set on fire, and shot. So if you have a wooden shield and it gets hit by a flame, you're done. You have no more protection. So what they would do, before they went into battle, they would take their shield and they would dip it in water. They would soak that thing nice and wet so it's able to extinguish the flames, the flaming arrows. That's what... um, what the Bible tells us. We take up a shield that can extinguish the flaming arrows. It doesn't extinguish the flaming arrows unless you take your shield and dip it in some water. Can we dip our shield in the water of the Holy Spirit? Can we dip it and get it a little wet, get some God on that shield? We have some faith, but I need some Holy Spirit to help me too. I'm going to dip it. I'm going to soak my faith in the Holy Spirit. Then it can extinguish the arrows of the evil one. We need to daily take up the shield and dip it in the Holy Spirit if you want protection. Here's number three. Faith is received. Faith is received. It's God that gives faith. We receive it. Our default is not faith. We don't come out of mama believing. Our default is, is doubt. You have to change the default setting by taking up Faith. We, we take it up. But today I'm going to believe today. I don't see it, but I'm going to believe for it anyway. I'm going to fight for it anyway. So, where does faith come from? We receive faith. See, if, if you are walking around in doubt, this is the, the position of, this is what it looks like if you're walking around in doubt. Your head starts to hang, you're ready for the enemy to be susceptible you just stand there holding a corn dog singing country music <laughs> not aware of the attack that's the default position that we all share we have doubt we need the ready position yes, be ready. realizing what's happening be alert and sober keeping your mind like be be aware of spiritual attack this is a ready position so we have to receive faith so how exactly do we receive faith How do we receive faith? I'll let the Bible answer that one. Faith comes from hearing. Faith comes from hearing. That is hearing the good news about Jesus. It comes from hearing. So let me ask you if that's true, faith comes from hearing, what are you hearing right now? You're hearing whatever you put on, you're hearing whatever you're listening to. That is what you're hearing. What are you hearing? Someone may, someone may say, I'm having trouble keeping my faith up right now. I, I'm just having so many doubts. You ever heard somebody say, maybe you've said, like, I'm just having some doubts. Of course you are. You're watching YouTube and listening to the news all day. That's what you're hearing. When you, when, you deposit, when you deposit trash, you get a big deposit of doubt. But when you deposit truth, you get deposits of faith. Faith comes by hearing. Am I making sense? Yep. So a deposit. What happens with the deposit? It compounds. It gets bigger. How silly would you be to put twenty dollars in a savings account and then the next week when it's still twenty dollars, you say, Psh, "Well, that didn't work." Pull your twenty dollars out. You got to give it a minute. Let it do its thing. Doesn't take a week. Deposit. Deposit again. Deposit again. Yeah, we can do that because we trust banks. Can you not trust God? You trust a bank with your deposits. Let's let's trust God, who's way more reliable than any FDIC. We can trust God with our deposits. Let's put more truth in, more truth in, more truth in, more truth in. Faith is received by hearing the good news about Jesus Christ. That's why we want this place to be a place where you feel welcome to come, and not only you, but your coworkers, your classmates, your friends, your neighbors, we want this place to be welcoming for all the people that don't know Jesus. And we want you to be able to bring them in here because they need to hear. Faith comes by hearing. We want them to hear, then they'll, they will grow in faith. Do you have anybody in your life that you want to have more faith? They need to hear it. They need to hear. The more they hear, the more it grows. Do you believe the Bible? If God says it, do you believe it? Okay, then, then we're gonna, I'm going to challenge you here. Here's what God says. My word, I'm sorry, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty. So when God speaks, it doesn't come back empty. It does something. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So church, don't get discouraged by slow spiritual growth. In yourself or someone else. You don't know what's happening. When God speaks, that word does not go back to him empty, and it will achieve the purpose for which he sent it. I'm not growing quick enough. My kid's not growing quick enough. You don't know. You don't know. You don't know what God's doing. But if you trust the deposits of truth that go in, If if you can trust the deposits will do what God said it'll do, then you can trust. A family member may say, I just didn't get anything out of it today. You don't know. You don't know. Did you hear it? If you hear it, that was a deposit. You don't pull the 20 bucks out. It was a deposit. Let the deposit do its job. And God takes care of that. We want your kids to hear more truth. Bring them. Bring your kids to church because we want them to hear more, but they don't want to come. Bring them. They need to hear it. When it comes in, God will not let that word return back to him void. It will accomplish the purpose for which he sent it. When you're driving, turn off talk radio. Turn off the Alan Jackson. Nothing wrong with that, but but turn it off. And instead, connect your phone to your radio. I know if you don't know how to do that, just talk with your kids. They'll help you. But connect your phone to your radio and get the Bible app and have the Bible read to you. Some of you have a really long drive every day. I don't have time for the Bible. You have a long drive. Get the Bible talking to you. Your phone will read the Bible. How great is that? In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. It'll just talk to you. It'll go on to chapter after chapter. That's the Bible app. When you're doing yard work, get some earbuds and listen to the New Hope Christian Center podcast. Catch up on what you missed. You need to get more in you. Make the deposits. God's word doesn't return to him empty. Receive more and more. You need to because that's how, that's how faith grows. If you want faith to grow, that's number four. Faith can grow. Faith can grow. Now, there's some thinking that goes like, like well, I have, I have faith. I put my faith in Jesus and I have faith and therefore I have faith and it's, it's level and it's, I'm gonna, I always have the same amount of faith as I had on day one. That, I don't see that in the Bible. Jesus had Israelites that were following him. These were the people that were, like these are the people that were supposed to have faith. God's people, the Israelites. Yet twice Jesus commented on someone having great faith, and they weren't Israelites. They were Gentiles. They were somebody not an Israelite. Uh, here's one of them, a Gentile came along, who had exercised his faith in a great way. And his faith had grown and grown. And, and Jesus said, Truly I tell you. I've not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. So apparently, there are some people with some faith and other people that have more faith. Like, like, if you're a Christian, you have, you have some faith. But apparently, some people have more than others. Satan wants to shrink your faith by accusing you by lying to you, by distracting you. Satan wants to shrink your faith because if your faith is shrunk, you will shrink back as well. God wants to grow your faith. He wants to grow your faith. Why? Because faith is the remedy to the attacks that come, the flaming arrows that come. Faith is the remedy that can extinguish it. When the fiery arrows come, you have thoughts of condemnation, oh I'm so terrible, I never should have, I never should have, God can't use me now. Thoughts of doubt, I don't really know if He can't My faith, my taking action on truth, kicks in. And when you take action on truth, you start to grow in faith and you build it. You build faith. Faith grows. Faith is a muscle. It either declines or it develops. And I've I've heard it said, you know, I need more faith. I've been praying for God to give me more faith. You don't pray for more faith. It's a muscle. You exercise it. If you want more faith, exercise it. That is how to get it. You don't need to pray for it. You need to exercise it. God gave you some. You have some because you're a believer. Now it's time to exercise it. Satan thought he would strangle you, but with faith it can strengthen you. Satan thought it would be your end, but with faith, it's really your exercise. Oh, yeah. Wouldn't it be great if somebody comes up to you and they say, and you're having a, just the worst day of your life, and somebody says, "How you doing?" and you actually have enough faith to say, "I'm exercising." Yeah. It's a muscle. You step out once, and it gets easier. Me and Pastor Todd, we both have Apple Watches, and we've entered into some uh, competitions where it tracks steps and actually ex- like exercise points and your heart rate going up. And so, from time to time, like. It's gotten a little silly, like we're having a meeting and he'll stand up and be like, all right, what's number two on your list, Adam? Just trying to get more points kicked up. And when we first started it, to get enough points to beat each other, like it was hard. We were out of shape. Be like, you all right? Yeah, I just came upstairs. as all, but then we started tapping out the points. And every day, we would, like, they have a limit. They don't let you get beyond so many points. And every day, we're capping out the points now. And I went to Pastor Todd this week, and I was like, it's kind of silly. Nobody's winning. We're just capping out the points every single day, week after week. We're just dead even. I want to have a competition here. It's not hard like it used to be. And he agreed, and so we doubled it. We doubled the goal, so we have to do more. So if you see me walking around the stage a little bit more today... You know why. Yeah, Pastor Todd's in the back doing jumping jocks now. <laughs> Yeah, Sit down. Sit down. <laughs> Get stronger and stronger. What was hard doesn't have to stay hard. Be stronger and stronger. Be like the Thessalonians when Paul said, We thank God for you because your faith is growing more and more. Everybody say more and more more and more. The first time I tithed, it was so hard. It was so hard to tithe. But then it got easier. That's right. I kept doing it. And now my wife and I, we, we give above 10%. Those little dinky 10% weights didn't do it for me anymore. We had to put those down and pick up something a little heavier. We want to exercise it. We want to exercise it. The first time you prayed out loud, or maybe the first time you will pray out loud, it'll feel really awkward to you. It may be really strange to you. But you got to exercise it. If you exercise a little faith, it'll get easier next time. So pick up that weight, do a few curls, pray out loud. It's easier the second time, and it's easier the third time. Stretch yourself. First time I approached someone and I talked to them about Jesus, I thought I was going to die of a stroke. Every ounce of, every square inch of skin I had was sweating. And then it got easier. I exercised my faith. I did it. I exercised it. And then the muscle got bigger. The muscle of faith got bigger. And it wasn't so bad the next time. When was the last time you exercised your faith, church? Church? When have you pushed yourself? By going, giving, sharing, stepping out, leading a group. Maybe we let you try we let you try something one time around here. If you want to try kids' ministry one week and then just just to see, you could do that. No strings attached. We let you try stuff out around here. Maybe that's what you need to do. Try something out. Try something out to serve. But step out. Exercise your faith. Build it more and more, or the muscle will atrophy. And you'll, we'll be so weak, this thing. Like, this is real. You can feel this after service. Like, there's, I don't, I don't know how to. It's not cardboard I tried to convey to you. This is heavy. It started to get heavy when I was holding it. God wants you to pick up one heavier than this. Yeah. How's that going to happen if you don't exercise some faith? Exercise some faith. Here's number five. got to activate our faith. Faith is activated By speaking God's word. We activate faith by speaking God's word. This idea is found in the Bible in 2 Corinthians 4.13. The scriptures say, I believed, so I spoke. Our faith is like that too. We believe, and so we speak. Faith is activated by speaking God's word. Jesus modeled this for us. When Jesus was under spiritual attack, how did he fight? It is written. It is written. It is written. Faith was activated by speaking God's word. So let's do what Jesus did when he was under spiritual attack. When you're under spiritual attack, when you get discouraged because your kids aren't following Jesus, speak God's word. Start children off in the way they should go. And even when they're old, they will not turn from it. Old can mean 16 and it can mean 60. Do you trust God? I can trust him. I can trust him. I I can I can say that. Start I'm going to I'm going to teach him the way they should go. When you're discouraged about your own failure, oh, I'm such I'm so terrible, I can't do this. Why would God trust me? Remind the devil, speak it out. He who began a good work in me will carry it on to completion. That's right. He will. I can do that. When the devil shoots missiles of anxiety into your mind, activate your faith. Cast all your cares on him for he cares for me. Amen. I can cast all my anxiety on him because he he cares. For me. And I can say it again: you will keep in perfect peace those who, whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Activate that faith. When demons torment you with an uncontrollable urge to sin, maybe you're you're hearing the lie. You'll always be there. You've, you've tried to get rid of this. It's it's never worked before. It's not gonna work this time. When the enemy lies. This has been here decades, and you're going to keep it for decades. It's okay. Just coast on through. You can tell the devil what the Bible says. No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you're tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. Faith is activated when we speak God's word. And that's true. The next the verse a little bit later says, thanks to God. He gives us the victory. You can never have the victory. Yes, you can't have victory over sin. God gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Faith is activated by speaking God's word. Here's number six. Faith gets stronger when we get together. Faith gets stronger when we get together. Have you noticed that faith is contagious? There's been times in my own life uh, where, where I, I didn't pick up enough faith for particular instances. And then one of you comes along and just says a little thing. And I go, yeah! And my faith triples. Yeah, God can do this. That's right. He can do this. I forgot that he could do it, but he can do it. Faith is contagious, and sometimes I need your faith to help mine. And if you don't have enough, I have some for you. Faith gets stronger when we get together. Paul knew when when he used the shield of faith, he could have picked another piece of armor, but he used shield. And everyone in that time probably had seen Romans doing their thing, either in actual battle or they were, I imagine, they probably saw them practicing here and there. But there's this move that uh, the uh, the Romans would do in battle called the turtle formation, and they would link their shields up together. Can we put up a? There we go. That's that's called the turtle formation, where they work together, and the people in the front would get behind their big shield and everybody behind would put one on top and they would rest it on the person's head in front of them. And so every shield had more than one person's strength pushing back. And they had it down to where if the enemy came up from behind, they, they had a move where they could turn and actually every side of the turtle could be completely covered from top, front, back, back, side, side. They could, they could adjust however they needed to to be completely protected with these massive door shields that was called turtle formation. They had to be very, very close together. And so in order to move that, that close together to work in, in harmony, they sacrificed speed, but now they were linked together and basically created an, an impenetrable force, Amen. and this is how they advanced. Amen. This is how they got forward, by getting in together in a turtle formation, linking one shield to another. History tells us that they've actually used this turtle formation to help the army get across the ravine. There was like a a ravine. They would put some centurion guards in there, link up the shields together, and an army and like carts and stuff would go across it, made, made a bridge out of the shields. That strong. No one person could hold up a horse. But when they were all together, their strength linked together created a massive, powerful shield. Faith gets stronger when we get together. My shield of faith is strong. Our shield of faith, stronger. Our shields can link up. Faith gets stronger when we get together. This is why you need to bring your kids to church. This is why you need to be in a group. This is why you need to serve with other people. This is why staying online and unknown is not okay. You need to be known, be a part of the family. This is why you shouldn't run out the door too fast. We have some coffee for you right after service. Say hi to somebody. Our faith gets stronger when we link our faith together with another. This is why people are ready to pray for you, both online and in person. We have people ready to pray for you at the end of every service. You have some faith, they have some too. Can we link together with you? This is why we have a church directory on the Church Center app. If you want to help putting a name with a face, you have to opt in to be in the, uh, in the church directory on the Church Center app. We can help you with that at the information table. This is why we have a, a, a prayer request uh, page on our website. Just go to our website and look for the prayer page. And you can submit a prayer request at 2 a.m. My dad talked last week about, you know, don't call him at 2 a.m. But you can submit a prayer request at 2 a.m and it will automatically go to the protein. It's very cool. Because when we apply our faith together, it creates a much stronger force. Amen? Amen. Amen. Here's number seven. Faith is best when we're staring at Jesus. Faith is best when we're staring at Jesus. Life is hard. It's brutal. Anyone know what I'm talking about? You've been through it? Some really hard stuff. Life is hard. And we need faith to get through it. We need our shields up to advance upon the enemy. If you stare at your junk that is happening, if you stare at the hard stuff, you're gonna take on the disposition of the man with a corndog in the singing Alan Jackson way down yonder, unaware of the enemy's attacks. You're, you're, you'll be unaware of it, and your head will be down. That's not the kind of stance a Christian needs. We need to be looking. So if you're looking at your problems, you're, if you're looking at the hard stuff, you're going to be susceptible to attack. Our faith is best when we're staring at Jesus. Amen. Look beyond your circumstances and stare at him. Here's where this comes from in the Bible, Hebrews twelve two. It says, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of God, at the throne of God. So we fix our eyes on Jesus. Our faith becomes perfect when we fix our eyes on Jesus. Our faith is best when we're staring at him. Would you stand with me? Our faith is best when we're staring at him. Maybe you've never looked at Jesus. Even for the first time. Perhaps the very best Mother's Day present you could give to your mama would be making a decision to follow Jesus. If you haven't. I'm sure it would be. But you can do that today. If you want to make a decision for Jesus and you want to put your eyes on him, you never have done that before. It's very simple. You just admit that, that you're a sinner. You're not perfect. Believe that Jesus died on the cross for you. You don't have to die a spiritual death. He, he did it. And you follow him. You surrender your life. You put your, your feet towards him and start moving. Just start going towards him. And that can start your faith. Maybe that's the faith that you need to pick up today. Maybe you need to pick up a little more faith. Maybe you've already looked to Jesus but now you need to know, now you realize you've been looking at your problems but you really need to put your eyes on the Lord. Can I pray for you? Lord, I pray that you would increase our faith as we look to you today. We trust you, God. We need more faith. I pray you would Help us and guide us and let your anointing rest upon us as we pick up your faith. We receive your faith by hearing more. We activate our faith by using the word. We grow in faith by exercising it. Lord, we depend on you and we trust you. This is our prayer in Jesus' name.